Well, this is the time for uh, prayer and giving. Uh, we have uh, praise. Any praise or any prayers this up this morning? None. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and let's meditate upon God's word. Let's look at the good side. Miss Linda is in heaven, as we speak, and um, I don't think she would like us to dread on it too long. Look for positive things to help people and to pray for them and to pray that they get well. I really believe that's what she wants. Uh, She's never been the focus of attention. She's always been behind the scenes in my life and also in my ministry here. Uh, she will tell me if I'm wrong or not. Let's put it that way. But, you know, so uh, think of the positive. And we are here to worship Jesus Christ. We are here to hear the word of God. We are here to see what God has for you. Okay? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, I do thank you for your love. We all do miss, we all do miss Miss, miss Linda. And, uh, She would like us to worship in your name. Think about the ones that are not saved, that they will get to know the gospel like she has and to have a relationship that she had. Father, I do thank you for your love. I thank you for the word that we could look to see what you have for us and the opportunities we have as being a Christian. And for those who are not Christians, that they will get be a relationship. I pray for Jamie's peace, that you will take the pain away and to take, give her comfort in this process of removing all her teeth, that she will just, uh, just calm her spirit, Lord. We, we thank you for the comment that Steve made, and we, we thank you for it. We pray for our families. We pray for the Brittany and Joshua and those who are really hurt from her loss. But you know the plan. You have a plan for us. You have a, you have a uh, will that we need to follow. And that will is to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and to share it with our immediate families and our friends. We do thank you for everything you've given us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
we were finishing up with the false teaching, I got to it thinking, and I'm nosy, if anybody don't know that yet. And um, I like to read people's posts sometimes. And I, as I read some of the posts that's mentioned, and I, we read a lot. A lot of us preachers and deacons and all that, we read a lot. We read a lot what scripture says. I hope that's the case for those who are in leadership and are teaching people. And I, I get this post on Facebook. I won't say any type of post, but you know what? People have some bad theology. Now, theology is, who don't know what theology is? It's what understanding the Bible and where it's going. See, the, the people try to put their take into Scripture. Instead of reading chapter 1 through chapter 9 in your Bible, or a certain book maybe, to see what this main verse is about, they just pick what verse they want. Oh, that fits me just perfectly. But they fail to realize to read before that verse and after that verse. That verse may not have nothing to do with you. We also got to know what the author is teaching. See, each author of each book of the Bible is speaking to a certain type of group or an individual. And the Holy Spirit brings the scriptures to light to these authors and they're inspirational. They're, they're spiritual fed, this group. Now, as I was reading 2 Peter chapter 2, I looked at uh, Titus. I said, wow. Titus is talking about the same issues as false teaching. And false teaching is going to catch up with you sooner or later. And it might keep somebody from going to hell. If you don't read scripture on your own, I sure wouldn't want my loved ones to go to hell because they listen to some guy down the street say, oh, everything's going to be okay. Instead of saying, hey, you need to get your life right because if you don't, you will go there. Don't say that, oh, God's a loving God. When, yeah, when he wants to be because God wants to do whatever he wants to because he is the creator. He is the author, and the finisher of the Bible. Make sure your friends and family gets to know who Christ is. Maybe not through you, but through the word. Because we're, we're uh, corrupt. Whether you want to believe it or not, we're corrupt. Until we met Christ, because Christ took the cross for our sin, therefore he's saved us from all the garbage that's here. Because here in chapter 2, verses 19, while they promised them liberty, they themselves are slave to corruption. For by whom a person is overcome, by him also he is bought or brought into bondage. See, if you don't know scripture... Your false teacher or the false prophet will bring you into bondage with him. And he will not let you go. Trust me. Ask Eve. 
Adam. So Satan talked Eve into doing something, and Adam's sitting there right there listening to him. You could drag somebody down if you don't know Scripture. We'll, we'll put it in youth terms, okay? You're out with a bunch of friends, right? And they're smoking pot down the street. And you don't smoke pot, but man, they're going to talk you into smoking pot. That's a false teaching. That's false prophet. False prophet teach, teach you into doing something you really know that's not right, but you get tied up into it. It's like the net that the fishermen cast out. Right? And they try to pull it out. See, Peter was a fisherman. He cast his nets out. He didn't get nothing. Christ comes along and says, hey, cast your nets out. And Peter swore, argued with Christ. No, we got it. We're tired. We don't want to do this. Christ said, cast your nets out. And they had so much fish, they couldn't put, a, put it on the boat. They had to call other boats to come get the fish. See, that's what Christ does to people. It's better to get caught up in the net of Christ than to caught up the net of the prophet or the teacher. In verse 20, for after they had escaped the pollution of the world through the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, they are again tangled in them and overcome. The latter end is worse for them than being in the beginning. Well, what does that mean? Some people tasted Jesus Christ at one time. But man, over the horizon, the uh, prodigal son says, I want all my money, Dad. I, I deserve that money. It's my inheritance. So he sees things over the horizon. I don't know if you drove down 99, but try not to drive and look at the same time, but maybe pull over, okay? There's been a lot of accidents on 99. Let's not get involved with that kind of stuff. But you can see over in Butte Meadows or Butte uh, Mountains, and you see the mountains, and it's good. It makes you want to go see it. I have friends that denounce Christ. That's what it's talking about. They taste Christ, and yet they refuse to believe who Christ is. They get tangled up to something else in their life, or they get tangled with other people that makes the same thing. Oh, I studied about this. This is, you know, I grew, I grew up in a church, or I listen to God's word all the time, and I, I grew up uh, under Miss Linda or Miss Lisa and all them, and I, I just can't see it today. That's the world talking to them. And trust me, the world is strong for people, strong for teenagers, strong for young men and women. Just talk to men who got into alcohol. Talk to men who got into pornography. Talk to men who, you know, got, drank alcohol and did a, a, a dirty deed. I just read uh, on a pastor who had an affair. He lost everything. All because he was enticed by this woman who was fed by non-teaching of Jesus Christ. Pastors are up, or pastors not exempt. 
Trust me, you're going to get it too. Us pastors get it harder because guess what? We know what's right and wrong through the scriptures. And we will be judged accordingly when we go see Jesus. Verse 21 says, For it would have better been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. You know what? He, he's saying that it's better not to be a Christian than to be one and walk away. Because they taste the good stuff. Trust me, they taste the good stuff. And now they said, no, I don't want the good stuff. They go over to the bad stuff. You know, they go over to the bad stuff. Just like the prodigal son. He had it good, man. The man was rich. The father was taking care of them both. And he says, man, I'm leaving. There's got to be better stuff than this. Guess what? He ended up with the pigs. Eating slop out of the, the trough. Some Christians are like that. But you know what? God takes his own. God will not let his own fall too far away from the street. He will put you to a place where you're going to say, Father, forgive me. I do not know what I'm doing. And I'm taking partial from Christ from the cross. And they wake up. Man, what am I doing here? What kind of mistakes did I do here? I can't live like this anymore. They knew God. They felt God. They felt the Holy Spirit. But Peter's saying, you know what? If you're going to go the opposite direction, you might as well stay unsaved. But if you're a truly unsaved individual, this will be good for you because you will know what you missed. I tell you what, I'm a cook by trade, and I love cooking. But man, somebody fixed this mean pot roast the other night. Boy, from a crock pot. The crock pot that you put uh, the food in, not the crock pot from somebody who's eating a crock pot. But anyways, this was good. The, the roast he made was good. I said, man, I'm a cook, and I can't cook pot roast that good. But no. It's like having a good pot roast, and then you take that, then you have somebody else's pot roast. That was, ah, oh, terrible. I wouldn't feed that to my dogs. But they still want that pot roast that you would feed to your dogs. Just like life. Oh, I don't need to go to church. I have my living room. Good pot roast is being with Jesus in church. The bad pot roast is not being with Christ in church. Because you really don't know what you're eating. And people turn the channels. Click, 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 click. Oh, that sounds good. Let me listen to this guy. But be careful. He could be a false teacher. If you have no clue what he's teaching about, no clue where he's from, what he's up to. Twenty-two says, and this really freaked me out. I talked to uh, Caleb and Amanda about this one. We, I, I, it just freaked my mind because when I read this along with the other stuff I read, I walk my dog Katie all the time, morning, pretty much in the morning and evening. So we'd be walking along with 
Katie, and she's just looking at everything, and we come along poop. And Katie wants to eat the poop, you know? And I have treats in my hand. She'd rather eat the poop than my treats. Here's the next verse. But it has happened to them according to the proof Proverbs. A dog returns to his own vomit, and a stow, having washed to her wallowing in the mirror. See, a false prophet will go back to the food that's on the ground, the vomit. The dog will eat his own vomit. You ever see a cat or a dog have kittens and puppies? What do they do? They eat their own stuff. When people stop tasting the good stuff of Jesus Christ, they're like these dogs who go back to eat their own vomit. It's gross. But that's what they're happy with. Instead of being on this side with the Holy Spirit and with Jesus and getting the good stuff through the Word and through good preaching and good teaching. I lost my book. Vernon McGee had a little story here. And he kind of compares the pig and the prodigal son. I I probably won't read a lot because there's a limit. Um, Vernon McGee. It says, Peter speaks of the false teacher using the term dog or dogs. To the Jewish mind, there was nothing lower than a dog. Okay, by the way, the dog turned to his own vomit again. Peter draws on Proverbs 26, 11, to show that they will return to their true nature, unchanging condition. If a Christian is not taught properly, if a Christian is not discipled properly, if the Christian is not shown the proper way of doing things, not in a legalistic format. But they need to be taught. Otherwise, what's going to happen? They're going to leave their faith and come over just like the dogs that need to own vomit because that's what they're used to doing. Simon Peter, who gives us the parable of a prodigy pig, You may never have heard the parable of the prodigal pig. He told a story. But here it is. It is, of course, based on the parable of the prodigal son, which is one of the greatest parables in the Lord Jesus Christ ever gave. Actually, the story of the prodigal son is not how a sinner becomes a son, but how a son becomes a sinner. You get that? The son becomes a sinner. The account is recorded in Luke 15. It's a familiar story. You remember that there was a father who had two boys. One of the boys, the younger one, wanted to take off on a far country. And it goes on. Uh, This Dr. Streeter calls the sin a propensuary, 
that's a big word about simply meaning that the things near at hand are so not so attractive, but that faraway places have the allurement. That's what I mentioned earlier. You know, the snow cover mountains. I'm not a skier, but when I see the snow, I want to go ski, but not me. But it looks so nice and looks so gorgeous to go out there. You know? So the boy ran away soon, was living it up, and he had plenty of money. Fair weather friends were with him, but they soon fade away. How many can remember their high school friends if you didn't have Facebook? How many? Right. I couldn't remember all of those friends. But it happens. If it wasn't for Facebook, I wouldn't know, you know what went on with their own lives. And particularly, I probably don't care less what went on in their lives because it's probably not very pleasant to read it in some points. You know? So he ended up having to go out and get a job. Oh, geez, how difficult that be in today's society. A job, J-O-B. Well, not Job, but job. Okay, how, how difficult is that? He had to go get a job because he ran out of money. Common sense, right? He didn't have the chance to live off food stamps. He didn't have a chance to live off of uh, the government. He had to go get a job, otherwise he wouldn't eat. But society is a lot different than it was back in his day. You know. So he ended up having to go out and get a job working for a man who raised pigs. Not too hard, huh? Raising pigs meant money for him because uh, when Jesus met the, uh, the man who was demon-possessed, he cast the demon into the pigs, and the pigs went off the mountain and died. Jewish kids, yes. But it's difficult to do this. Okay, he hit bottom, okay? In effect, he was on drugs, involved with sexual immorality, and all the types of things this boy was down in the pig pen. How many, the pig pen? Who remembers Charlie the Brown, the pig pen, who walked around with the dirt kicked up everywhere he went? So this was low. Let's understand what a parable is. It's a primary teaching. It's not showing how a sinner gets saved, but it reveals the heart, the father who will not only save a sinner, but will take back a son who sinned. Okay, so it's not about the sinner, it's about God's grace to bring him back into his mercy and forgiveness. Okay, that's what it is. So suppose the boy died in his pig pen, then what? Well, if he had died in the pig pen, there's one thing for sure, he would not have been a dead pig. He was a son. He was a son when he left home, and he was a son when he got to a far-off country. He was a son while he was living in sin, and he was a son in the pig pen. And because he was a son, he made a statement one day, a statement that no pig could have ever made, he said. My father lives up yonder in the great big home. He has servants who are better off than that I am. I am his son, but I am living down here with the pigs, I will rise and will go to my father. Very good illustration. If you at the lowest time in your life 
you can always go back to the Father. Always. Now, I'm not going to read all this, but there's a poem that he wrote. A pig is a pig. Okay? Come home with me, said the prodigal son. We'll sing and dance and have lots of fun. We'll wine and dine with women and song. You'll forget you're a big you forget you're a pig before very long. So the pig slipped out while mama wasn't asleep or was asleep, shook off the mud and the mirror so deep. Around his neck was a bow so big. He's gonna show the world a pig's not a pig. With his snout in the air, he trotted along with the parable son who was singing a song. He must be great to be a rich man's son. He would surely find out, for the day was gone or done. He didn't take him long to realize his mistake. He'd been scrubbed and rubbed till his muscles ached. He squirreled, then he put a gold ring in his nose and winced with the pain when they trimmed his toes. He sat at the table on his stool so high, a bib around his neck and a fork to try. While the prodigal son in his lovely robe kept feeding his face, so glad to be home. When the meat came around, the pig gave a groan. It looks too much like a kind of his own. He jumped from his chair with a grunt and a groan, darted through the door, to headed for home. His four little feet made the dust ride high, for he didn't stop till he reached the sty. It was on the inside that count, my friend, for a pig is a pig to the very end. Evelyn C. Sanders. You could be a Christian on the outside, but not on the inside. Being a Christian is showing it on the inside and being on the outside. Because God looks at the heart. The outside. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your, your word. And we do thank you for what you do in our lives as you show us your plan, as we go from day to day trying to be the one you want us to be. It is difficult for all of us to follow those footsteps. Father, we do thank you for the day you've given us. We ask to use it for your glory. In Jesus' name.